Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another broadcast on the Soul of America Radio. Tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness, with your host, J.R. Thicklin. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio, hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. Comments made on tonight's broadcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Blog Talk Radio, the Soul of America Radio, or its host. Hope and Healing takes you from a place of pain, abuse, violence, rejection, and abandonment to a place of hope, healing, and power. All aboard with your author, activist, advocate, and friend, man of purpose himself, and your host for the evening, Mr. J.R. Stigler. here on this incredible Monday night, this marvelous Monday here, April 8th, as we are excited to be with you once again, right here at Hope and Healing on the Soul of America Radio. And for those of you that are listening tonight, you're listening to us by way of the Internet. That's www.soulofamericaradio.com. And right there in that tab on the left, Hope and Healing, just hit listen live, and you're live with us tonight. And for those of you that are choosing to call in at area code 323-784-9638, we welcome you tonight to our show. It's been a tremendous weekend, and we're now into another week. But I invite you today to call a friend, call a neighbor, and this day and time, text a friend, text a neighbor, and let them know that Hope and Healing is on the airway. Tonight we uh, want to talk about a couple of things that I think that is very interesting it has been something that has been in my heart to do so. You know, this show is dedicated to just that hope and healing. Those that are uh, may have uh, experienced or may be experiencing everything from abusive relationships to abandonment, rejection, broken heart, divorce. Uh, people may that may be dealing with the sense of inadequacy. But this show is about bringing hope and bringing healing to those that have been affected by these things. Now, we do talk a lot here about abusive relationship and domestic violence and, and quite a few other things, but please be aware and know that we are here to address not only those issues, but any issue that have brought about pain and hurt, that it's been, been a result of someone else inflicting it upon you, whether uh, consciously or unconsciously, and we're talking about how do we get from that place of pain and to that place of hope and eventually to our healing that is so necessary. I'm excited tonight because of the fact I want to talk about something tonight, and tonight is open. Everyone that is listening tonight, you're invited to be my guest on tonight because we want to talk tonight about overcoming abusive relationships. I want to talk about overcoming abusive relationships tonight. Perhaps you're listening out there, and perhaps you're someone who have overcome an abusive relationship, and please, if you don't mind sharing that story, because that story will help someone else, and i got news for you. 
It'll even help you. It'll help you once you get it out and share with others. You'll find the strength, uh, that strength that you've gained from that experience may be uh, so tremendous, not only to your own continuous healing, but to someone else's uh, process and someone else gaining the strength and the courage to get out of an abusive relationship. So if you'd like to join us tonight and be one of our callers or the beyond, just call us on area code 323 784-9638. That's area code 323-784-9638. And just hit number one on your keypad. And as you hit number one on your keypad, then uh, that will let our producer know that you desire to have a question or comment or be a guest tonight, and we'll get you on the airway. And we just welcome you tonight to be a part of that. We're excited tonight not only to be talking about um, hope and healing, but we're excited tonight to be able to talk about those that overcome abusive relationship. So when we look at uh, the overcoming of abusive relationship, uh, then only thing you do is continue to uh, reiterate the fact of how you got out. How did you get out? Uh, you know, uh, how did? What was your plan? What finally caused you uh, to make up your mind that you're out of here? And so those are the things we want to share. We want to talk about the struggle sometimes because many people. Uh, uh, many people that are in an abusive relationship oftentimes feel like they can never get out. And from the outside, or should I say from the inside looking out, oftentimes it seems hopeless. Uh, and when it seems hopeless to a person, oftentimes they don't try or they give up because they figure it's a futile effort. And so we want to talk about overcoming the abusive relationship. And when I say that, not only a victim as an uh, adult victim, but for some, you can talk about overcoming an abusive relationship that you may have grown up in, perhaps an abusive home, a violent home, an abusive home. Uh, these are things we want to talk about tonight because someone needs to be healed. Someone needs to hear the story of victory inside of this. Uh, so I definitely encourage you to not only look uh, inside of yourself, but find the strength to share with someone else as we Go on that journey to wholeness. So as you're listening tonight, once again, Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Eric code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Or you can join us here live by going to www.soulofamericaradio.com. That's www.soulofamericaradio.com. You can reach us right there. Uh, and go to the left column there, hit Hope and Healing, and listen live, and you can join us live tonight. Now, I want to say to you that are listening, uh, even by phone as well, if you're calling in and you desire to have a comment or a question, simply hit the number one on your keypad, and that allows our producer to let us know that you have a question or comment. But tonight's show, we're looking forward to some great things, because hope and healing, people need them both. They need hope, and they need to be healed from things they've gone through. So whether you're in an abusive relationship, you've overcome an abusive relationship, we'd like to hear about it because I'm going to tell you something. Over my number of years, nearly 20 years of dealing with victims and dealing with uh, perpetrators of abuse, the one thing I do know is that I've heard some tremendous stories of courage. I've heard some tremendous stories of bravery, some uh, tremendous story of faith of those that found themselves in abusive relationships and they got out of them, and they got out of them because of the fact that they had to dig deep down and they wanted it bad enough. And not only did they want it bad enough, but they oftentimes had to reach out beyond themselves. And I think that's been the common denominator with all of these things, is that they reached out beyond themselves in order to get out of an abusive relationship. So once again tonight, if that's you out there, then I'm saying to you, call 
call in, share your story with someone about overcoming an abusive relationship. There are oftentimes, and I will share a few stories as we go along tonight, but there are stories that I've heard from individuals who grew up as a child exposed in an abusive home. And oftentimes the frightening, the frightening day in and day out that occurred with that particular child, not knowing would they live to see tomorrow or just afraid of what might happen to their mother, even to the point uh, that inside of all these things that go on, children who have themselves been threatened inside of abusive relationship in order to control their parents. Uh, so uh, here's the thing I want to say to you tonight, that as you look inside of yourself, as you think about the impact that abuse have on individuals who have suffered it, even as children, then I think you will find not only strength, but you'll find some things that will be good and that will be helpful to others that are actually in the midst of an abusive relationship. The thing that I can tell you tonight is this, that the impact of being exposed and witnessing abuse reaches far and wide and far and deep, and we cannot even begin to tell the story because so many times, as a society, we're focusing on children uh, that are juveniles. We focus on juveniles that are getting in trouble. We, we focus on juveniles that are going to jail. We're focusing on juvenile delinquency. And oftentimes we don't know what the root of that juvenile delinquency is. Because when we do begin to do proper assessment and look at what may have happened and the background these children have come from, oftentimes we overlook the fact that they have grown up in an abusive home or they have witnessed this inside of their home. And as a result, many times they are traumatized, many times they are suffering uh, from post-traumatic stress disorder, and they are acting out in these ways. Many of our children that are bullying, one of the most recent research is showing the correlation between bullying and being a victim or witnessing domestic violence. Here's a perfect case where oftentimes parents don't want to hear that, but you have to be careful that uh, your children uh, not learn what they live and live what they learn. Because when they grow up, watch an abusive relationship, they internalize this type of uh, abusive behavior. So we need to uh, recognize what we're doing. We need to recognize what is being said. We need to recognize how it's being said. And we have to recognize its impact on children because children are affected in many ways. And here's something that you got to understand because most mothers, if they knew this, most mothers, if they knew that impact that witnessing abuse have on their children, they would make different decisions, or perhaps they would they would look to reach out even uh, further because of the impact. Because what we understand that it affects children in so many ways, and we have to talk about those people who have grown up in an abusive home and have overcome them. Because we look at even with infants and toddlers who witness uh, uh, violence in the home, they show excessive irritability and, and, uh, and uh, immature behavior. Oftentimes they have sleep disturbances and emotional uh, distress, uh, fears of being alone, and oftentimes regression such as toilet, uh, uh, toilet wetting, bed wetting, as well as uh, in their language. And oftentimes we look right over that because we don't draw the correlation between the two. So why is it that this toddler, this uh, infinite toddler, is regressing? They're always irritable. And oftentimes they're not able to express it in, in, in common terms and say, look, this is scaring me or this is making me frightened. But the reality is, is that you see it in their behavior and they regress. And these behaviors are played out in many other ways. Preschool children oftentimes they have uh, developed different things as a result of this. Um, 
we're seeing we're seeing our preschool children develop uh things like speech influences and stuttering because of their exposure to domestic violence. And so we have to understand that these things impact people from every walk of life. And so as I say to you tonight, perhaps you're out there, perhaps you have gone through an abusive relationship, you've overcome it, you've been in an abusive relationship, and you got out. Perhaps you got out, and someone needs to hear how you got out. Apparently, if you're able to call in, it's because of the fact you got out in time. If you're able to call in, it's because you made a decision and you got out of this before it was too late. And I need to get you to understand tonight that people do overcome abusive relationships. Some of the greater advocates that I know are former uh they are survivors, as we call them, because they went through abusive relationships. There are those that I could tell you that have endured years of abuse inside a relationship, and most of them stayed inside of it because of their children, because of the fact uh, they stayed inside. And many of them didn't want their children to grow up without their fathers in the home. And oftentimes that is what we call, that becomes part of a generational or cultural, should I say, because of the fact if the individual themselves grew up without a father in the home, understanding the pain the pain and the longing they had to have a father, they themselves are trying to prevent that same cycle to continue with their children and sometimes even at the expense of the children. So that's a cultural issue there. Uh, there are many individuals that were in an abusive relationship and they got out when the abuse began to directly impact the children. Now, when I say directly impact the children, from their definition, this is when they could see uh, behavior changes in their children, or this is when they could see that the abuse began to not only um, stop at them, the victim, but over into the children as well. But what happens when we don't see those things readily, when we don't see those signs as tangible as uh, some might be? These are the things we must be concerned about, and this is why we must address this issue of abusive relationship. And I want you to know for everyone that's listening tonight, that abusive relationship does not have to stop. Abusive relationship uh, does not have to be something that you have to um, stay in forever. But when I say it does not have to stop, it doesn't have to stop at the end of a gun or in the midst of that violence. You can stop because you're willing to do what needs to be done to get out of it. Those you are listening from coast to coast, the National uh, Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233, and that is how you can reach and get help if you're in an abusive relationship. Listen, around the other side of the break, I want to take your call. You're listening to J.R. Ficklin here on Open Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, and you're listening to us on the Soul of America radio, and we'd like to get back with you. Taking your calls right after the break, Eric O. 323-784-9638. That's Eric O. 323-784-9638. If you'd like to be a guest on the show tonight or call in, and if you'd like to reach me uh, by email, confidential, or email your questions, you can do so by sending it to J. Ficklin. That's the letter J. Ficklin, T-H. I-C-K-L-I-N at soulofamericaradio.com I'll see you right on the other side of the break
Miracle Radio. You're listening to J.R. Sickler, Hope and Healing, our journey to wholeness, right here on the one and only Soul of America Radio. We'll be right back. New programming coming up on the Soul of America Radio. Go to soulofamericaradio.com for more information. Thank you. But we uh, left out uh, on the break, before the break, 
talking about overcoming abusive relationship. We'll reach it out to you tonight that have overcome an abusive relationship. Perhaps you are a survivor of an abusive relationship. Perhaps you came out of an abusive marriage or an abusive childhood, uh, whatever it may have been. You could have been on a job that was an abusive job, but you've overcome. And tonight I want to dedicate it to the testimony of people that are over that have overcome abusive relationship. And you can do that by calling in at area code three two three. Seven eight four nine six three eight. Now, if you have a question or you'd like to make a comment and don't want to go on the air, feel free to send me a confidential email at jficklin at soulofamericaradio dot com. That is the letter J Ficklin at soulofamericaradio dot com. That is how you can reach us. As we are back into just our topic today about people overcoming an abusive relationship. You know, one of the interesting things our society is so interesting when it comes to abusive relationship because. Often the question is like, how did they get themselves into that? Or why is it that they choose to be in an abusive relationship? Or I love this one here, why don't they just leave? All of these are questions that we often hear when it comes to people being in an abusive relationship. And the reality is, is that none of those questions, none of those answers are easy. You know, why why, uh, how did they find themselves in an abusive relationship? There can be many answers inside of that. Number one, it might not have started off as being abusive. Number two, they simply missed the warning signs when it was on its way to abuse. Thirdly, that abusive relationship could have occurred because of the fact of what that person believed. Uh, fourthly, that person may have been in an abusive relationship and they did not, they did not have counseling. They did not have the uh, support they needed to get out of it. But to Tonight is talking about overcoming an abusive relationship. And so that's why we put it out tonight as an open uh, open line tonight for those of you that are listening. Uh, area code 323-784-9638. Perhaps you've been in an abusive relationship and you have overcome it. Someone needs to hear your testimony. You don't have to give your name or location, but share your story. Share with someone who might feel uh, that they're trapped in an abusive relationship. It could be a friend. It could be a coworker. This uh, this radio station here from coast to coast is being heard by hundreds of thousands of listeners, and you can be a blessing to someone by just simply sharing your story. How did you overcome an abusive relationship? All you have to do is call in, area code 323-784-9638, hit the number one on your keypad. That lets the producer know that you have a question, a desire to share, and that will then make me aware that you want to come on. So I invite you tonight, just come on, hit the number one, we'll be glad to have you in. You're listening to Hope and Healing. I'm J.R. Ficklin, your host here on the Soul of America Radio. And I'm excited because I know that people overcome abusive relationships. I've seen them. I've counseled them through it. I've watched the victory on the other side of it. I've seen the strength that happens when people have support that they need and when people find the strength within themselves to come out of an abusive relationship. And someone needs to hear that tonight. And you might be amazed. Perhaps you are a survivor out there. Perhaps you've never shared your story with anyone. Perhaps you don't even want anyone to know that you've been in an abusive relationship. Relationship. But I am encouraging you tonight. I am encouraging you. I'm imploring you that you would share it here tonight on the air because it might help somebody who's trapped right now, someone who feels like they can't get out of an abusive relationship, someone who feels stupid, who feels undermined, who feels inadequate, who feel like they're not good enough simply because of the fact that they're in an abusive relationship. You can be the difference there. 
those of you that are listening by internet, uh, com, and you hit the tab, Hope and Healing. I'm so glad that you're joining us. But those of you that would like to have a question or comment, I invite you. I invite you to do so even right now. Dial Erico 323-784-9638. Hit the number one on your keypad. That will let our producer know that you want to get on the air, and we will make it happen tonight. So please come aboard tonight on side of this tremendous uh, time of discussion. Now, I want to talk about overcoming that because it doesn't have to be just an adult relationship. Many of you, uh, many people that are listening, have grown up in abusive relationships where they've had to witness abuse happening in their home, oftentimes being held silent in prison to that home because they were not in position to do anything about it. See, unlike adult victims of domestic violence, children just can't up and leave. Or children can't say, listen, I'm out of here. I can't take it anymore because they have, don't have the means to get up and leave. They don't have the means to, uh, to survive on their own. So they are totally dependent on their parents. Inside of an abusive relationship, oftentimes for an adult, it is very difficult to leave right then because of so many things. Not only the fear of making it, sometimes the fear of not being able to make it on their own, oftentimes not having the economical resources. Thirdly, uh, oftentimes being threatened, what would happen if you ever leave? The threat of taking your one's life is a great factor. And oftentimes it could also be that the individual does love this individual to the point that they really believe that they can change and want them to change to the point they're willing to endure. But for whatever reason uh, that the individual finds themselves in there, at, at some given point in time, when a person leaves an abusive relationship, there is something that takes place that causes them to leave, whether it is the fear of danger even greater or whether or not they see their opening to leave or because they want to protect their children or they got the strength of spiritual intervention or whatever it might have been, this is the time that they chose and they left the abusive relationship. So I invite you tonight uh, to chime in. Many of you that are listening, I want you to chime in tonight. Share your experience, if you would, tonight. Hit the number one on your keypad there after you've dialed the number, area code 323-784-9638, and we would love to have you share with our audience today because someone needs to know how to get out of it. I've watched people that have been in abusive relationship for a number of years, and there are many things that hold people in abusive relationship, including their spiritual belief. Now, let me say that again including their spiritual belief, their their religion, what they believe, what they've been taught in church, uh, oftentimes feel like they're making a choice between God uh, and their own self, oftentimes feeling like the fact if they left an abusive relationship, they have disappointed God uh, because too often they've heard uh, very, uh, what I would call, erroneous doctrine and, and almost heresies in some cases as it relates to uh, being in relationships that are abusive. And often, and oftentimes, I, some of the, uh, if you would, the uh, arguments that you might get from the faith community is the fact that you know that when you're dealing with people in an abusive relationship, you don't want to come in and cause the marriage to break up or cause a divorce, and that's very well heard. But one thing must be taken into consideration is this: that the safety of that individual is very crucial at that moment. Very crucial. Uh, and when we talk about the marriage covenant already being broken or violated, well, it was violated from the moment the abuse started. So if there's going to be any instruction, you want to instruct that individual, number one, to be safe. Secondarily, you want to instruct that individual uh, to 
get the necessary help that they can in order to get out of an abusive relationship. There are many people that have been in an abusive relationship that oftentimes carry scars for years because of the fact uh, of the damage that was done while they were in the abusive relationship. So that's why tonight we want to dedicate our show to overcoming abusive relationship. Those of you that have been in an abusive relationship, if you've overcome them, or you know someone who's been in an abusive relationship, I'd like to share that story of triumph. All you have to do is call area code 323 9638 and just hit the number one on your keypad that'll let our producer know that you like to have a comment a question or you desire to share and we will get you on the airway tonight hope and healing is designed with that in mind finding strength in the midst of abuse finding strength in the midst of oppression finding strength in the midst of abandonment because whenever those things happen there is a need for one to have hope abuse Abusive relationship, abandonment, those type things there does not discriminate. It doesn't have anything to do with who you are, what side of the track you live on, your amount of education. It happens on every level. We see it happen. Many of you today, you uh, you uh, perhaps uh, that are listening to me in this particular audience, perhaps many of you have gone to see the Tyler Perry's movie, Temptations, A Confession of a Marriage Counselor, uh, which has been a very interesting movie that is out there. And uh, one of the things that I found to be very, very very uh, interesting, and I, I notice a lot inside of different movies is this. Uh, when we they do show an abuser, not from what people think the typical abuser look like, uh, not the person who's necessarily what we call the guy on the low end of the totem pole, but what happens when we have an abuse happening inside of a fluent relationship? What happens when abuse is happening with people who are educated, have money, who have careers and all those things, and now the victim finds themselves trapped? Because what do I do? I'm in an abusive relationship, but I'm a doctor, I'm a nurse, I'm an engineer, I am a corporate president, I am, you know, I'm a supervisor of my job, and I'm in an abusive relationship. So now I feel like, hold on, I can't tell anyone because of the fact of who I am. And if I tell anybody, what will they think of me? And then I have to still deal with the abuser who continues to paint a great face for the public. But oftentimes it's Mr. Hyde behind the scenes. That is the story. That is what we're talking about tonight, right here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is J.R. Thickland, and you're listening to us here on the Soul of America Radio. Uh, that's the Soul of America Radio dot com. Uh, listen, right on the other side of the break, just a quick break here uh, for my sponsors, and make sure that uh, you're hearing this. We're going to come back. I want your calls today. Call in, area code 323 area code 323 Hit the number one on your keypad. That will let us know that you want to get on the air. If you're already on the line and you're listening, you can still hit the number one, and that will let our producers know that you have a question and a comment that you want to share, and we'll get you on. You can also reach us by uh, emailing us at jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's the letter J-T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N at soulofamericaradio.com. I'm going to see you right on the other side of this break in about three minutes. Thank you so very much. Hope in Healing, A Journey to Wholeness with J. 
J.R. Thicklin returns after this. Want to get in on the conversation? Call Jay at 323-784-9638. J.R. Thicklin, the soul of America Radio and its staff and family, encourage you to please let someone know if you're going through a domestic violence situation. If you know someone that's going through a domestic violence situation, please don't stand by and let it just happen. We simply cannot afford to tolerate this any longer. Call 800-799-7233, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-7233. It is your business. J.R. Thicklin at his Facebook group, which is Domestic Violence. It is your business. Check him out. Above life, above your circumstances, you can soar. The one and only Sword. Give us a call at 323-784-9638. And now, here's your host, J.R. Thicklin. night here, and we're excited because of the fact we understand that the medium of radio and the medium to reach lives and to uh, share with others is a powerful medium, and tonight we're dealing with a very important subject. We want to talk about triumph tonight for those that have overcome abusive relationship, and we've asked you to call in at area code 323-784-9638 as we're being broadcast from coast to coast, and uh, we want to hear from you tonight. Uh, I can share little tidbits of my experience in counseling others that have come through abusive relationship and listening to the countless number of stories, but it's nothing like when someone hears it from you, whether you're sharing about your own personal experience, a friend, a loved one that have overcome abusive relationship. So once again, all you have to do once you call in at area code 323-784-9638 is simply hit the number one. That's right, the number one on your um, on your keypad there. That lets our producer know that you are there and that you had desired to ask a question or make a comment. And that's how you get on tonight. It's just that simple there. And you have an opportunity to share with the audience here about overcoming abusive relationship. And that is what is so powerful there because people don't understand that you can get out. You can overcome. Now, no one says that it's easy, but you can overcome. It happens. It starts with a support system, but it also starts with you valuing yourself 
sense of worth, understanding who you are, and understanding that you don't deserve the abuse that this individual is putting you through. Understand, we we recognize that all abuse is not necessarily physical. So I want to make sure that you're listening to me out there that all abuse is not necessarily physical. Don't you have this false sense of security and say, well, I'm safe because he's never put his hand on me or she's never put a hand on me because all abuse is not physical. Long before the individual was ever beat up, they were beat down through words of, of assault, of words that of degradation, words that uh, demean who they are. So if a person is putting you down, calling your names, threatening you, telling you you're nothing, you'll never be nothing, you would be nothing without me, and constantly putting you down, I'll, unfortunately, I have news for you. You're in a verbally abusive relationship. If that person is manipulating you, if that person is abusing you, if that person is doing things to isolate you from friends and family and loved ones, I have news for you. You're already in an abusive relationship. Are they threatening to do things to you? Are they threatening to hurt you, harm you? Are they threatening to hurt your children, hurt your pets, hurt loved ones around you? I've got news for you. You're already in an abusive relationship. If you're in a relationship where someone is doing things to make you feel like you're crazy, to manipulate you, doing things such as taking your keys and hiding them, although you know you put them on the uh, top of the television, but they intentionally hit them and watch you look for them all over the place and then simply said that you're crazy, uh, you, you know, you're losing your mind, then I have news for you. You're already in an abusive relationship. Now, some of you that are listening today, you know what you're saying? Well, I've had those things to happen, but I didn't think I was in an abusive relationship. And one of the reasons that we don't, because we have done a, a, a very uh, terrible job here uh, in our society as far as how we continue to make abuse uh, on extremism. We make abuse look like this. We make it look like it's the beatdowns, it's the black eyes, it's the broken bones, it's those things alone. Surely it is those things, but many things before it gets to that place is what you and I have to know. So when we begin to see these things happen early on, then we have to recognize that I'm in an abusive relationship that will only get even more abusive, and we have to know how to overcome those things. And that's what we're looking for tonight. Somebody that are listening to us tonight, you've been in an abusive relationship. You've overcome, or you know someone that's been in one. Share with us tonight. Someone will benefit from your testimony or from you sharing your experience tonight. Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us. Area code 323-784-9638. Now, when we talk about being in these abusive relationships, you know, it's a little bit more difficult for the person who doesn't have support. When they don't have people who believe them, when they don't have people that they can turn to, when they don't have people that is willing to uh, to go to bat with them, that makes it very difficult. And I have to say that because of the fact that these things are really real. And when you hear people criticizing, really without knowledge, and saying, well, if they wanted to get out of it, they just would leave. If it was that bad, why won't they leave? They must like it. Come on, nothing can be further from the truth. They don't stay in it because they like it. They stay in it because oftentimes they don't feel like they can get out of it. It is fearful. It is fearful to them and what they can do. It's fearful being alone. When they look at their own economic condition, don't think they can make it, oftentimes that has already been compounded by the individual telling them that they'll never be able to make it without them. Then it's a real issue. So let's not make it so easy or sound so easy to get out of it because it's not easy to get out. 
It's a lot easier to get in than it is to get out of it. And so we have to talk about those abusive situations when one is there for many other reasons. And I alluded uh, earlier when I talked about what happens when one stays in an abusive relationship because of their faith, because of their beliefs. What happens? What happens when one stay in it because, in fact, they've heard a message over the pulpit several times, woman, uh, submit yourself to your husband. Uh, wife, you're supposed to obey your husband. You're supposed to do what he says do, no matter what he says do. What happens when one actually believes that staying in an abusive relationship is pleasing God, is the will of God? See how complex that can become? And yet it's still somebody's right now that is listening. You're judging. You know what you're saying? You say, well, who can be that crazy? Who can be that silly? Well, let me say something to you. If we're basing upon that, then there's a lot of people who stand behind pulpits every single day that have made a masterful job of making themselves God's mouthpiece and have made what they say law. So oftentimes, because people's understanding of the Bible goes no further than what their leader have told them, they do feel trapped, and they feel more afraid to get out of an abusive relationship than to stay in it, because if they got out, they feel like they're violating God's will and God's word, and therefore they don't want to be punished by God, and they stay in an abusive relationship. And unfortunately, when they can't have a conversation with their leader or the pastor about the situation, it only perpetuates it. It only causes that individual to feel that they're stuck inside of this abusive relationship and that is the thing that must be raised in a, a raised to the forefront what happens when the religion becomes a a becomes a vice in other words it was Mary Mary who said Mary who said take the shackles off my feet so that I can dance and sometimes erroneous doctrines and hearsays about a relationship and God's will for families and relationship can become shackles to a victim who's in an abusive relationship, not to mention not being believed by the pastor or believed by members of the church. What happens when everybody thinks that this individual is the best thing since sliced bread? And everyone just prays them on every end, but the victim is suffering in silence. The victim is suffering. Not wanting to bring shame or embarrassment to that individual, not wanting to seem like she's a person trying to bring that individual down, they suffer in silence. They hold their tongue, and yet it's still not only they're holding their tongue, they're holding their breath, and they're enduring abuse. They're enduring mental, mental, physical abuse, sexual abuse in many cases. But who can they talk to when everyone around them parades and herald that individual? as being the best thing since sliced bread. <clears throat> Area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight eight. Area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's how you reach us today. All you simply have to do is hit the number one on your keypad and that will let us know that uh you want to get in. Hit the number one and our producer let us know that you desire to get on the call. And uh, that's how you reach us today, right here on Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. Uh, you're listening to us right now, live on Soul of America Radio. So go right ahead. If you're there, uh, desire to have a question or comment, simply hit the number one on your keypad, and that will let us know that you're there, and we'll get you on the airway, just the number one, and we'll get you there. So all these things are real, real important things because of the fact, what do we see happening? We see people oftentimes bound by what they believe. Our belief system is a powerful, powerful part of who we are. So when a person is bound by their belief system, I can't get out of it because, you know, I was told I need to uh, uh, I need to pray. 
I need to pray. I need to speak to. I need to just stay in here and pray. I don't know what to do. Uh, do I stay in this abusive relationship? What did you mean, Daddy? Uh, what did you mean, Pastor? Should I stay here? You know, should I get in it? How many times have they heard things like, you made your bed hard, so you now have to lay in the bed that you made? So inside of those abusive-type relationships there, the individual then, once again, is held hostage by culture beliefs, cultural beliefs. Uh, I can't get out of this abusive relationship because of the fact, uh, you know, divorce is a sin. And, and you know, and, and uh, if I divorce him, uh, you know, God is going to, uh, you know, God is going to punish me. Understand something. Every abusive relationship is not necessarily resolved by divorce. But I believe every abusive relationship definitely has to be examined very carefully. And I believe that, number one, that if a person is being abused and they're not safe, the victim is not safe, then we have to get that person some help. So right now, even as we're uh, listening here, we do have a caller on the line. We want to bring her on the line here, uh, number ending in 2904 tonight. I want to welcome you tonight to Hope and Healing, a journey to hold us. Good afternoon. Thank you for being with us tonight, caller. Good evening. I just wanted to, I've been listening to the radio program, and I just wanted to share um, that I am an overcomer of domestic violence, and it actually occurred when I was a teenager up until my early um, 20s. And um, I was also going into, you know, I was also in the church and, you know, very and a very personable young lady, and I actually ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. And once we married, um, the relationship just kind of took a turn for the worse, and he really became very jealous, very abusive. And as I heard you speak about how difficult it is being torn between wanting to leave and torn between am I going to displease God and just knowing that the relationship is not healthy. And for myself, I remember that every time I went to my leaders and my pastors, their comment was most often, pray about it, baby, pray about it but then I would turn around and go home and still be being abused by um, my high school sweetheart who I now had married. And it was a very, very difficult situation for me, <clears throat> but I finally had to leave. I finally had to get out. I had one son with him, and I finally had to leave when my son was around five years old. We ended up leaving, and um, it was very difficult because I had no means, I had no support, but I knew I wanted to live, and I knew that I knew that, I, that God had better plans for me. And so I just really wanted to just share my testimony and just encourage any woman or any young lady who's out there that um, just really, you know, value yourself, you know, make a plan, take the time, and, you know, but get out. Your safety is much more important to God than you staying around being someone's rag doll. And just wanted to really appreciate you for, you know, coming on and talking about this issue um, on your radio show. Well, I thank you for calling in because you, you, you actually hit about three major points there, and I thought it was so telling because here it is. Here's a relationship that you have a vested interest in from, from your high school, and then you get up married an individual, you have a child involved. So all of this, right. because we know that with young people, history means everything. You know, I did a lot of work in the high schools, and what would amaze me when, when I would hear young ladies say, well, we've been together three months and stuff, and I don't want to get out of it, because for them, three months was a lifetime. You know, it's a long time in a, in a relationship, so they didn't want to get out. They did not want to get out of it. They wanted the relationship to last. They wanted to have meaning, and uh, they stayed in it. The second thing that you dealt with was now, 
you're dealing with the whole issue about faith. And I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, everyone knows uh, uh, that, that I'm a man of faith here. But I believe that oftentimes the church is not re- not real in the sense of confronting things as it is. And I don't want to mm-hmm. sound sacrilegious here, but how empty are those words when you're in an abusive relationship and they simply say, baby, just go home and pray? Pray about it, yes. You know, like, I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to pray about it, and I'm believing that God is going to mysteriously take his hands and say, don't hit me, or or mysteriously give him uh, laryngitis so he's not yelling at me again. And I don't know about you, but I know in countless countless number of persons I've spoken to that were people of faith that – when they were in an abusive relationship, that is the advice that they were given. Just pray about it. But yet and still, they were left in the danger. They were still left in the situation. They were still left there. And so to the point that I had one one or two persons to say, they stopped going to church because they didn't want to have to face the pastors and saying to them, hey, it's still going on. Because right. they didn't want the pastor to feel like, well, you know, I prayed, but my prayers didn't work. And so, you know, religion can be a vice inside of that. But then your third point I wanted to make is that somewhere along the line you counted up the cost. And I heard you say, okay, I had a son by him. But by the time this son is five, I've had to evaluate what my life is going to be, what this child's life is going to be. I know that God wants me safe. I know that he doesn't want me in this. And you had to make a decision. And in making that decision – you got out of it. And I guess I, I, what I would like to ask, and maybe this will help someone today, when you made up your mind that you got out of it, did you have to find a new source of support and strength? Because there's nothing more crushing, in my opinion, than turning to our faith and our faith leaders, and they give us bad advice, especially right. when it concerns these type of things. So you're crushed, and so I know I'm not going to really get it there, but who do I turn to? Who will believe me? Who's not going to tell me I'm crazy? You know, uh, for you, did you find another source of support, or was it just really a made-up mind that this is it, I got to get out? Well, it really was a made-up mind, and I actually kind of left in um, after uh, an actual an actual attack. So I ended up going, ended up living in a shelter, and I only and I was so embarrassed and so humiliated. I um, stayed away from people at the church, and I confided in one good friend and my younger sister, and that was it. Um, no one else, because it's a very humiliating experience. And I just said, you know, that I'm, I'm at the bottom right now, but you know, the Lord, you know, Lord, if you help me get out of this, you know, I promise you that I will not go back, and I will just continue to try to build my life. And that's what I did. You know, I did leave. Wow. I only confided in very few because it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a very difficult situation. And you don't want to keep telling this one and this one and that one. And you try to open up the people who are not really hearing you or who are not, you know, sympathetic to what you're telling them and who's really not trying to help you to, you know, get to the next, you know, step or, you know, place in your relationship. So I only confided in two people to make, you know, help make my way. And I, and it really, I really had to turn my focus to not be so bitter off of the people and, and really to focus on God. I always felt that the Lord was there for me, but just sometimes the people he put in your life may not be on the same level as God would have them to be, and sometimes people have their own self-motives. So I really tried not to be offended with them. I just moved on and just tried to make my life be successful. But um, I did have to find another source of strength. Because that was all I knew. That was snatching the church that I had been in for over eight years, you know, the husband that I had been with since high school, and having to start up with my son, you know, it just was a very difficult situation. But if you have one or two good people and they always trust, you know, having holding on to your faith, 
you'll be able to make it. Well, that's some excellent advice, and I think that you gave a lot of good things for people to hold on to that are out there that are listening because of the fact you had to. Now, that's one very important thing that you said there as well was the fact that you had to kind of reduce the number of people you could tell. Well, number one, just the fact that it was it was disheartening enough. So it wasn't like you were going to go on and, you know, on the radio and make a public service announcement, hey, I'm in an abusive relationship because of the embarrassment that you felt. But yet and still you realize that you couldn't share with everyone because there are some people who simply are looking for the entertainment value. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and so when you know, so when we do those type things, there it's important uh, uh, to keep in mind that okay, I can't share this with everyone, but I will share this with people. <clears throat> excuse me, that I believe have my back, people that are really uh, in a position to help me and support me, uh, and and I'll go from there. And uh, and then the other thing that I think is so important, I want every person that's out there listening right now that have been a victim of anything, uh, abusive relationship, you come out of bitter or, or divorce or whatever, something that uh, this caller said that is so important is that you heard her say that she had to take her focus out of not being angry with the people, you know, at the church even who gave her the bad advice and focus on her getting out of this and going on with her life. And that's so much a part of really the healing, too, is that, you know, you got to get over the anger. you got to get over the anger and the bitterness, even with folks that, uh, you know, who disappointed you and moving on to something greater. And before I let you go, caller, let, let me ask you this. I mean, having said all that, and I commend you for that, would you say that there's a lot of room, however, for the church to be educated and leaders about what to do about abusive relationship? What do you do? Would you say there's a lot of room for the church to be educated about abuse? Okay, the caller's gone. We've lost her this time, but thank you so very much for being with us. That's Erico 323 784 9638. Erico 323 784 9638. I think the caller may have uh, just come back on the air there, and I, I want to bring her back on uh, there as I was uh, getting ready to go into that point. Uh, inside of that, if you're listening, area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. You too can be on the air as a caller, uh, a question, or share your story. Even if you have a question uh, of the caller that just called in, all you have to do is hit area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. Hit the number one on your keypad, and that will let us know that you want to have a comment or uh, a question, and we'll get you on. Uh, caller, if you're back, one of the things I would say to you is, do you believe after going what you're going through? Uh, and even your experience with the church to a certain degree, is there room for churches to really be educated about this issue of domestic violence and how to look at it from a real holistic standpoint? Absolutely. Um, There definitely is room um, because the church plays such a big role in a lot of people's lives. It's such a foundational um, truth that we have all, you know, a lot of people have been raised up on. So I think that um, if pastors and leaders would have another perspective, on domestic violence and even another way they approach it when a member in their congregation is facing it, I think it would help a lot more people to not be so silent with it. And, you know, and if they're bold enough to come out and to speak about it, because it's such a strainful situation, and if they're bold enough to come ask you about it, I don't think you should just dismiss it with just saying a prayer, because believe you me, by the time we've come to our leaders, we've already prayed. Exactly. You know, we've already prayed. 
that's a very powerful point you made, and and boy, I, I tell you, I, I'm going to take that one. I hadn't included that in the book I'm writing, but what a powerful point that you just said. If by the time a victim comes to you, believe me, prayer is something they've already tried. So they're coming to you because now they want answers, they want direction, they want to be heard. So the need to be believed is very important for a person who's experiencing abuse. And not only the need to be believed, but the need to be able to say more than just uh, pray. Now, I will say one of the chapters in my book is called Healing Healing Beyond a Word of Prayer, and it was written precisely for that reason because too, too many times I know, and I, you know, it's kind of like towards us, I am them. You know, I, too many times I know that a lot of times what we do in the church when a person comes and they have a problem or a legitimate issue when we don't know what to do, we'll simply say, well, I'll pray for you. Rather than saying, hold up, you know, there's things I need to do. There's got to be healing beyond a word of prayer. I need to know whether or not you're safe. When was the last time this happened? You know, uh, you know, have this person done this before? You know, and then go from there. Every pastor should have in his office or somewhere if their church has departments, they should have a listing of, of hotline numbers, domestic violence hotline number, abuse hotline numbers, and those type of things so that they can work with these entities in terms of helping their members. And the other thing that I say, and which is part of what I write and part of what I do, is the fact that every church should have policies and procedures as it relates for staff and membership when it comes to domestic violence. So that way it doesn't matter who commits the abuse or who's the, uh, uh, the victim or perpetrator, the rules are across the board because there are those that think that they're above discipline, they're above reprimand, and therefore they continue to abuse because they know that there's nothing going to be done. And I really appreciate your call tonight. Uh, truly been a blessing tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, please hold on. We may have some people that may have a question for you. If you can hold on just a couple of minutes okay. and everything. Okay. Thank you so very much. Okay. Eric three two three seven eight four nine six three eight. That's how you reach us here on Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. This is J.R. Fickman, and I am your host tonight. You're listening to us here live on the Soul of America Radio. That is soulofamericaradio.com, and we're so glad that you join us. Now, if you have a question or comment, all you have to do if you're listening, uh, just hit the number one on the keypad there, and that'll let our engineer know that you desire to come in with a question or a comment, and we will make sure that we get you on. If you'd like to send us a message, a confidential message or email, you can send it to jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's the letter J-T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N at soulofamericaradio.com. That's how you can reach us tonight. Many of you I know that are on the Internet uh, with us, and you'd like to send us a message, you can do so, and we'll do our best to uh, answer it for you, and we'll do our best to make sure that uh, we address that subject matter. Perhaps you have a question for our caller who's just shared a very powerful story of overcoming inside of an abusive relationship. I invite you today to do the exact same thing. Uh, you can hit the number one on your keypad if you have a question for the caller as well. You're listening to us right here on soulofamericaradio.com. Uh, this is your host, J.R. Ficklin. I'm going to take a break right now, and I'm uh, so glad that you've called in and continue to call in and listen to us. But right on the other side of the break, we're going to come back and we're going to go in for the final home stretch of our time together right here on Hope and Healing, a journey to hold.
hope and healing, a journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio, LLC. This is the one and only Soar. domestic violence in her lifetime. Every year, nearly three million children witness domestic violence right in their homes. Domestic violence is most likely to occur between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. More than 60% of domestic abuse incidents happen right at home. Survivors of domestic violence face high rates of depression, sleep disturbance, anxiety, flashbacks, and other emotional distress. If you or someone that you know is a victim of domestic violence, or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody you can call the National Hotline right now at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, call Jay Thicklin right now at 1-323-784-9638. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. And now, Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness, continues with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And uh, what an interesting discussion we've had about overcoming abusive relationship. So glad for our callers that have called in. And, uh, and we have another call that's in right now, and I'm going to get that call on the air. Uh, number ending in 1513, good evening, and welcome to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness. Hi, yes. Um, I have a question. Okay. Um, I joined in earlier, and I have a question. My question is, what do you say to the parents who have kids who actually have been in some type of abuse, um, not physical, but sexual. How do you tell the parents how to deal with those situations? Well, that's a very interesting question because uh, first, first and foremost, we're hoping that the parents are aware, number one, that the child has been in a sexual uh, 
uh, abusive relationship. Now, when we start talking about children being sexually abused, we think of three things right away. We think about, number one, this child has been molested by, uh-huh. uh, you know, been molested by some person, whether older, an older sibling or older a cousin or an older child, or that person has been touched or violated by an adult. That adult could be a family member. That adult could be, you know, a neighbor could be, a teacher could be any of those people. And so what uh-huh. do you say to a parent who have had that to happen? The angle would be simply this to this parent. If it is the parent themselves that are coming to me and they're saying this is what has happened to the child, then we, what we want to say to the parent is this, you know, uh, how long has this been going on? How long have you been? How long have you known about it? Uh, uh, when did they tell you about it? Do you know the individual who has uh, done this? Uh, you know, you know, did your child come forth and tell you? Or did you know the signs or, or those type of things? We want to have that conversation. On the other end of it, if I'm talking to a parent who say, say for instance that this child somehow or another has disclosed this to another individual. You got me? A cousin, a relative that they have been sexually abused or molested. And now these mm-hmm. family members are trying to get the parents to to recognize that this has happened to the child. Then my conversation is a little different. My conversation would be to that parent is that we have something very important to tell you, and we need you to listen, and we need you to believe what is being said. And we have to then share with them what this child has said and what this child have have uh, have said that someone have done to them, have violated them. In the case if this child have names, whatever, I might not come right out and say the name right away in the front end of the conversation because I want to get the parent to believe what this child is saying first and foremost. And after I know that I've gotten the parent to believe that their child has been violated, then I might now disclose the name and disclose the name, and if this child is able to convey when did this happen, how many times did this happen, uh, where did this happen, now the parent has a very uh, important decision to make. Mm. Not just believe in the child, but what is the next step after believing the child? What do you do? Uh, What are we going to do about this? Uh, In terms of getting the proper people involved, authorities involved, uh, I never advise a parent to go and approach the perpetrator by themselves who has done this because oftentimes it's a dangerous situation. More times than likely, if the perpetrator is an adult who is violated, they're in trouble, and they're going to do everything to try to convince uh, that parent that this child is lying, this child is a likeness, mm-hmm. this child and those things there. But to a parent, if I'm talking to a parent, one of the things I have to say to them, the, the worst thing they can do is not believe their child. The yeah. worst thing that could happen is not to believe their child in terms of this. So this is a very important uh, piece to bring in inside of this. And uh, um, I know that there are other people that are listening on the air that would probably love to have uh, questions or comment about that. And uh, uh, by all means, you know, uh, yeah. being able to do so inside of that. But uh, definitely those are things that I would say that uh, one has to do with a parent. Um, I, I want to draw your attention. We were talking a little earlier about movies, and I was talking about the movie I went to see there. 
uh, Temptation, The Confession of a Marriage Counselor, which is a Tyler Perry movie, but another one that was kind of interesting that was not a Tyler Perry movie, however, it was a T.D. Jakes movie. You probably remember uh, the movie um, Woman, Thou Art Loose. And yes. this is what I've happens. I've seen yeah. that one, but I've never seen um, The Temptation part. Okay. Well, the Temptation movie is in the theaters right now. That's by Tyler Perry. But the T.D. Jakes movie, Woman, Thou Art Loose, if you recall, uh, the young lady whose character is played by Kimberly Elise was actually uh, molested by her mother's mm-hmm. boyfriend, who ended up being a mother's husband, when she was a child. The mother did not believe her then, never believed her then, and that grew up inside of that child, and she became angry. A lot of times, mm-hmm. not only is the anger one of those signs, but it's also the often time we see kids act out in many different ways. We see promiscuity as a result of it. We see a lot of struggling with sexual identity as a result of it, and a lot of um, a lot of anger oftentimes. And so, what a parent might not see immediately. Um, could really come back to hurt that child. I mean, it could really come back to hurt the parent because that child oftentimes builds up a resentment with the parent because they was not believed inside of that. So um, there, I gave you a couple of scenarios of how I would answer that parent, and I think that it's important that that parent is willing to listen to that child and be willing to believe that child and to go through some what I would call some in-depth counseling, because that is, you know, that type of thing happening is not something that you have one good conversation with someone about and just say, okay, we're all happy now. Let's go join hands and sing kumbaya. You know, that is something that we have to work through because of the violation of what has happened, uh, and it totally uh, affects a child's world inside of that. So that is what I would say uh, to a parent who may have a child that is um, uh, been molested, uh, have a, uh, suffered sexual abuse of any sort of that nature. Uh, I hope I was able to answer your question for you. Yet. Yes, you did. Um, because I was just wondering about that. And actually, I was that child. So, and a lot of resentment, a lot of anger built up. And now that I am a parent myself, I don't want to say I walk on eggshells, but I am so cautious of who. I let around my kids, whether it's family members, close friends. I mean, I look at it as far as, you know, okay, what is this person's motive for my kids? Exactly. And it's hard um, because I'm not that person, and I know everybody is not like that, but it just makes me more cautious as a mother um, who is willing to protect her kids. Well, absolutely. And I actually got over it, and it wasn't easy. It was not easy at all, but I did get over it, forgive the persons, and, I mean, I just moved on. Well, you know, that's amazing because, you know, what, you, what you're saying, and thank you for sharing it, uh, it falls right in line with what this whole show has been all about. It's about overcoming those abuses and those things that have happened. And uh, let me say the fact that you are somewhat cautious and guarded when it comes to your child, uh, not only is it natural, uh, it is natural, but I would say in this case it's even healthy because you firsthand have witnessed what happens when a child is left unprotected, when a child is left inside of compromising situations. So to be mindful of who your child deals with, to be mindful of who your child may uh, have discussion with, to be mindful of who your child uh, is left with, uh, that's 
that's something that I applaud you for taking that precaution because, you know, today in time, days in time, people are too quick to call everybody, that's my god mommy or that's his god dad or mm-hmm. whatever. No, you've got to really understand who that person is, the value of that person, uh, and you've got to know here's someone who have your back and love your children, and that is the thing that is there. So I commend you for overcoming it. I uh, commend you for uh, dealing with those things there because it is a difficult thing. And I think the message that you want the listening audience to take home with them is the fact that it is a difficult process. Can you overcome it? Mm-hmm. Yes. But it is difficult. And I think that's the message that you want them to understand. So uh, believe a child. Believe a child if a child comes and share that with you. Uh, if I may ask, did you feel that you were not believed at the time? Actually, um, I don't think I was, and it's kind of funny how it came out um, because I never directly told my parents anything. I actually confided in a close friend, and she was seeing how it was taking a toll on me because the incident happened a year before then, but it was an ongoing process. It just didn't happen one time. It just was over and over and over. And um, I told her at first, jokingly, to see how she would react. I didn't like her response, so I just shut down immediately. And I tried her again months later, and I, you know, went ahead and told her the truth. This is this is what's been happening, and I haven't told anyone, but I'm going to tell you. And I think it was like a good week later where she actually told a teacher or a counselor at our school and they called me in, and immediately I knew what was going on. So when all the news came out, I was afraid, I was fearful, I was angry, um, very confused, didn't know what was going to happen next, and it just went on from there. They were accusing everybody else, um, saying that, you know, I was disillusional, I was having a hard time in school, so I was just making up everything and not and without them not knowing that this was actually going on. So it was just it felt like the world was up against me, including um some of my family members. So I actually had to deal with that and I think I was only about twelve or thirteen at that time. Wow. So, um what a tremendous I was very angry I turned angry. I actually became angry at everybody. Um, uh, the parents, um um, friends, family members. I didn't want to hear what any of them had to say. And at that time, my father, biological father, wasn't there in my life, so I even blamed him for not being there. And I really didn't share with him until four years later what happened um, after the fact. And once upon that time, because I also accepted Christ shortly after, he was the one who actually gave me the strength to learn how to forgive. I talked to that individual years later, and I openly confessed. I was like, you know what? Um, what happened in the past happened. I hate it happened. I wish it would have never happened. I trusted you, but yet and still I forgive you. And he was amazed as far as how I can forgive him for doing something like that. But I also told him the truth. You know, I really don't feel comfortable with you around my kids, but I do forgive you. And I also told my father the same thing, how I accused him. Well, not really accused him, but, you know, was angry at him for not being there to protect me, but 
I also forgave him as well. And um, just to even see other little kids go through the same thing or hear of such things kind of burdens my heart because I heard what you said earlier before you went on break as far as the warning signs. There really wasn't any warning signs, and I covered it and hid it so well. So when it came out, you know, there were everybody was looking at me like, really, okay, we didn't see anything. How was this going on? Because it was really, it was covered really good. Well, one of the things I would say to you is because of the fact <clears throat> the warning signs I gave out earlier were, were warning signs of a of a relationship that is a consensual relationship, one that okay. which two people say that okay we're together. In your case, it was a, here those warning signs would not necessarily uh, be applicable because number one, it's not a consensual relationship. You did not mm-hmm. consent for that individual to do what they did to you. You did not consent for that individual to take advantage of you repeatedly. So, therefore, there was no warning signs. Your guards were totally down uh, because, of fact, you know, you were just being who you were, and here's an individual who took advantage of you, and uh, they took advantage of you. And uh, I don't know, did they use the, I mean, did they use the uh, method of threatening you uh, not to tell anyone or what they would do if you told anyone or not. I don't know if that was the case. Uh, yes. Um, the thing was um, he told me after the first um, after the first incident, which was came as a shock to me, I was destroyed for the rest of the day, and I just didn't know what to do, what to think. And at first I thought it was like, okay, this has to be my imagination. This just not – it. This didn't just happen. This could. This this is not real. He just, you know, and um, he came back and said later on, um, you know, we got to keep it between ourselves because if your mother finds out, you know, we're gonna be we're both gonna be in big trouble. I'm looking at him like, how am I going to be in trouble when you just, you know, right. did Violent. this to me? So. Yes. And, and so, but but once again, we're talking about the mind of a child in this case. And and uh, and uh, for those of you that may just be joining on, uh, thank you for this particular caller calling in as we've been talking the entire night about overcoming abusive relationship. And here's a relationship of uh, a sexual abusive relationship, uh, basically uh, sexual uh, being molested repeatedly as a child by a person who I'm going to assume is was an adult or definitely much older mm-hmm. than than you were. And yet it's still this individual does what? They basically put you in the mindset of simply um, making you take responsibility by saying, hey, if you tell, you know, if you tell anyone, especially your mother, you, we both are going to be in trouble. And although in your mind you're trying to figure out how we're both going to be in trouble when I'm not the one who did this, you know, um, you know, it leads once again about the manipulation. Now, one of the things that are continuously the same type of tools of an abuser that that you've discussed is simply this, is that the tools of an abuser is just that. They use things like fear, manipulation, and control. So the, the, the need to manipulate you was there. And they had advantage simply by being older. Mm-hmm. They manipulated you by being older. They tried to take advantage of what you Excuse me, what you didn't know, what you wouldn't know. So, you know, to put the onus on you that we're both going to be in trouble, you know, the last thing a child want to do is be in trouble with their parent. And uh, yeah. that was done to keep you from ever saying anything about it. But um, once again, I have to commend you for the step that you took. And uh, and I, I need to make sure everyone understands this tonight. 
everyone doesn't get to that place that easily where they're able to actually have a conversation with the person who violated them and wow. to be able to tell them, I forgive you. And having said that, although I commend you for that, I want to also say to those that might be listening that perhaps you are not that freshly out of your abusive situation. Perhaps you're not even out of it at all. I want you to know that it's no written rule that you'll get there, and definitely not quickly or whatsoever. The goal is that everyone who's in that type of situation will get there. But the more hopeful goal is that the perpetrator themselves will come to a place of brokenness and to not only admit what they've done, but to be willing to not only ask for forgiveness, but to get help for what they've done. And uh, that mm-hmm. is something that I would say in terms of that. And I applaud you once again uh, for not only uh, being an overcomer, but I applaud you for sharing uh, your story of triumph with us tonight on Hope and Healing, A Journey of Wholeness. Uh, absolutely uh, tremendous tonight. Uh, so many of you that are listening, we only have just a few minutes left in the show tonight. Area code 323-784-9638. That's how you reach us if you'd like to reach us by way of the telephone. Those of you that are listening by way of Internet, we thank you for calling. Uh, thank you for listening in, I should say. And those of you that would like to send us an email, confidential email, or uh, email that you might want to ask a question or have a comment uh, about any of the things that you've heard tonight, you can always email us at jficklin at soulofamericaradio.com. That's the letter J, T-H-I-C-K-L-I-N, at soulofamericaradio.com. Uh, caller, you have any other question or comment, uh, and you can continue to listen to the show. Uh, you have any other question or comment? Not at this time, no. I really appreciate you so much. Awesome call. I really appreciate your bravery today. Thank you so much uh, for calling in and continue to listen on as we're getting to the final stretch of the show. Well, those of you that have been listening tonight, we've had a tremendous show tonight. I'm very grateful for both of the callers that uh, decided to actually call in and share their experience of overcoming because I believe that there are others that are going to really be blessed by this. And I want to share with you, although this show is is, uh, broadcast live, you hear us live, you can always go back to our archives of our show by going to www.soulofamericaradio.com. Go to Hope and Healing and go to the archives and just go to today's date or whatever date that you might want to listen, and you can listen to the entire show. You can email those shows to someone. You can email them to yourself as far as that goes, and uh, always get a chance to enjoy. I always think that every show has an educational experience, a healing experience, an opportunity uh, to make a big difference. And so it is the goal. And the mission of the Soul of America Radio Network here. We're just one big growing family. We're a small family that's growing, I should say. And I, by way of the announcement, I want you to be stay tuned for our new show that's coming up on Wednesday at 8.30 uh, p.m. Central Standard Time. It's called The Dinner Table. The Dinner Table. So if you want to know more about that show, you can go to the www.soulofamericaradio.com. Go to the left tab, find The Dinner Table there, and it'll tell you more about what that show is all about. It's part of that growing family here at uh, soulofamericaradio.com there. And we have Tiki, and we have uh, Cam, and we have, of course, our president and founder, Tony, and we have, I believe, the name is Took. 
It is just, and of course, yours truly here, J.R. Ficklin, and the Soul of America radio family is just growing and is soaring to new heights from coast to coast. Now, those of you that are listening to me all over, especially those of you that maybe listen to me in the southeastern Alabama area, I will be in the beautiful, magic city of Birmingham, Alabama. I will be there for a domestic violence conference there on April 23rd, there at the beautiful Birmingham Botanical Gardens is where we'll be speaking as part of a domestic violence conference there with Project Safe and the Birmingham uh, Police Department as well as the uh, YWA uh, of the YWA of Central Alabama, uh, we will be there as their uh, very special keynote speaker on the first day of this conference there in Birmingham, Alabama. You don't want to miss it. If you like more information, how uh, to uh, uh, get information about this conference, it's going to be a free conference, just a matter of registering at a time. You can hit me at jadeficklin at soulofamericaradio.com, and I will make sure I email you that information to you. You have friends, relatives, loved ones, anywhere in the Alabama. Alabama area, uh, that's one place you can reach me at, and as we're going to be on a series of different uh, topics and talking on this coming Wednesday uh, in South Florida, I'll be in Delray Beach, Florida, and I will be uh, speaking there at a uh, particular school there, the Village Academy, I'll be speaking there, dealing with the correlation between domestic violence and bullying there on uh, Wednesday, April 10th, and for those of you uh, that are going to be in the greater Boca Raton area on this coming Saturday evening, I will be speaking there at a uh, conference there at a rally, if you would, dealing with gun violence and, uh, and did, uh, uh, dealing with gun violence. And I particularly will be talking about the uh, the reason for gun laws that will reduce domestic violence as we talk about many domestic violence homicides and uh, injuries have been caused by uh, uh, been caused by uh, gun violence and oftentimes guns in the hands of uh, unregistered gun owners unregistered abusers so those are the things that are taking place inside of that so that there on a nutshell is uh, some of the places in the next couple of weeks we'll be if you're listening today and you're interested in having us to come speak to your church your organization your soror sorority or fraternity, your school, or whatever it may be, you can reach us right at J.R. Thicklin, or should I say J. Thicklin, at soulofamericaradio.com. Visit our Facebook page. Right there, our group page is Domestic Violence, It Is Your Business, or you can find us at J.A.Y. Thicklin on Facebook. And until next time, I say to you to next Monday night, this is J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here on Soul of America Radio hope and healing a journey to wholeness let me tell you there's healing for you and until next time thank you for joining us have a great evening no strength to cry no tears to cry even if I try but still my Yeah.
It's my offering 